You were listening to episode 217 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and our friends are jumping off a cliff, and so are we in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So this week we played a little bit of Lemmings 3D on the PlayStation emphasis 1. on a little bit. <laughs> and emphasis on jumping off a cliff because I just about wanted to do that after that user <laughs> interface. Um, so yeah, dude, I had never really played that game in the past. Have you played any Lemmings? Uh, no, not really. Me so, either. I, I'm yeah. a, I've seen people cover Lemmings kind of person. Like LGR talks about Lemmings at Christmas time sometimes and stuff like that, but never played it myself i just i didn't get the appeal then and now that i've experienced it in 3d i still don't get the appeal yeah i i definitely didn't either so uh we'll talk more about it in the inflation deflation segment but first uh you can find us on the gameinflators.com or out of date website you can find us on youtube at the game inflators uh facebook and instagram at the game inflators and twitter at game inflators and of course the podcast app you're listening to right now uh, as well as any other podcast apps out there catch us on there and leave us a five-star review that, yes smoother than most times very surprising since i have a cold <laughs> you're doing great john oh, so why don't it. you kick us off with what you picked up and play the question is what did i not pick up this week that's the real question uh so uh several things um I picked up a number of DS, Wii games, and PS2 games earlier in the week. Um, so some of those were like Wario, Master of Disguise. Um, I picked up a couple Mario games on the uh, on the Wii. So I got Galaxy and a new Super Mario Bros. Wii. Uh, a Hello Kitty game, actually, on the DS, which is kind of interesting. And one on the Wii as well. Uh, not that I'm going to play them, but they were cheap. And Hello Kitty games, for whatever reason, tend to go up. Where'd um, you get this stuff? Goodwill. Oh, nice. Yeah. So picked up a bunch of stuff there. Picked up a PlayStation 2 without anything and tested that. And the PlayStation 2 was messed up. It didn't work. Uh, so I went ahead and actually, instead of like bothering to sell it for parts on eBay, because like, could I make like 10 bucks? Sure. I went ahead and like took it back to Goodwill along with a few other games I had that just were so scratched beyond belief that they don't work. And I'd bought them from Goodwill prior. So returned all those. And I went back yesterday and they happened to have more games that they had just put out. So I got uh, Mario party eight uh, Mario Sonic London Olympics. Um, I got like need for speed carbon Alice madness returns and a number of other games as well. Some 360 games. I picked up guitar hero legends of rock on the, on the Wii as well, which is like 25 bucks, interestingly enough. Uh, so yeah, I got quite a bit of games this week. And nice. um, yeah, so I started messing with those, um, you know, getting them ready to like sell and whatnot, any extras and then keeping the ones that, you know, I don't have. Um, I picked up a new bed, actually. So it's kind of random, but I got a, a new mattress. <laughs> so I'll just throw that out there. Count it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, games can be played in there too. Um, what else did I get? Uh, I had my 6800 uh, GPU that I installed and got that all set up and then got, um, you, you saw the pictures, I got a monitor holder, 
you know, dual holder for my monitor. So now they are no longer sitting on my desk, which has freed up a ton of space. So I can put an extended mouse on my desk, which is the mouse pad, not extended mouse, which is going to be nice. And um, a new fan for my PC. So finally going full red on that. Uh, that'll be nice. And then also I picked up, uh, well, not picked up technically. So my one of my monitors had like a dead pixel or stuck pixel or something in it and i just couldn't get it situated so i contacted the company that i bought it from and was just like hey there's a, a dead pixel or stuck pixel i've tried all of the general methods to get you know fix that situation nothing's working um you know what do i do and they're like oh just here's your address right okay we'll go ahead and uh, send you a replacement if you could send us a picture of the dead pixel it's like okay so i sent a picture of dead pixel and they sent me a replacement with no questions to return the other monitor. So the other monitor, I mean, it's, it, it sucks for gaming purposes if you're playing like a game that's like completely dark because you see that one white pixel or whatever dead center in the middle of the game. But if I'm just using it for like browsing on the internet, not too bad. So what I'm going to end up yeah. doing is taking that monitor and putting it above my other two. So I'll have three monitors on this computer. Uh, one I can use for like, you know, streaming something while I game on the side or browse the internet, whatever it may be. And now I have three monitors. So that'd be nice. Um, and then also I picked up Factorio on the PC this week. Have nice. you ever heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah. So I have been playing a lot of Factorio as of late. So I guess going into my currently playing. What brought you to there? Uh, Justin and my brother mm. are playing it. So they're just like, oh, you should play with us. Like, you'll like it. And they kind of sold me on it when they're like, it's SimCity meets StarCraft. And I like both of those. So it's like a simulation game where I build a factory and aliens are coming and I got to kill aliens. That totally works for me. So ended up buying that. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think I put in like maybe 12, 13 hours at night with nice. them. Just kind of playing. Um, and then I started playing Cardia World of Fate, my um, new games resolution game, uh, which is interesting. I'm on like chapter four on that game and a difficulty spike went from zero to 100 really quick. Um, it's, it's a little crazy, uh, you know, trying to learn basically like the cardia stuff, which is your magic and you can summon phantoms to help you. But like the battle I'm in right now, I'm facing like 20 phantoms and I have six and four party members or three party members. Like it's super hard. And I'm just trying to figure out like, how do I create, equipment how do i create like armor for these phantoms uh they're I all still like, don't know one. anything about that game i it's i meant to look it hard. up and see if i could find like a review or something of it last it's week it's not decent reviews but you know it's not like a normal rpg like you know how it's kind of like tactics actually so you mm. don't have like this open world aspect where you can you know traverse different areas and you go into battle and you're in like this you know battle that's tactical based it's purely um story and in battle like that's it you go from like oh it's chapter four and you have this story that you're integrated into and your characters are talking and things are happening and then it goes to the next area and your characters are talking and then it's like battle time you mm -hmm. battle chapter ends you go on to your next part of story and so on is what i've experienced there's no like open world anything no shops no nothing you get your items after battle you can find items within battle like that's about it honestly i might have to look up like a walkthrough just to kind of make sure I didn't mess anything like from the beginning. Cause I feel like my characters are a little too weak right now. Mm -hmm. And like, I haven't done enough to kind of help them out. Um, so my worry is that I'm already in like chapter four and my characters are so bad that I'm not gonna be able to progress. Um, 
because I did mess with a battle last night. Uh, now, while I did give some of my um, my phantoms like armor and weapons, like new stuff and crafted it, they were still getting demolished. I'm like, I don't know what else to do here. So we'll see what happens uh, with this uh, later tonight. So I'll end up playing that later tonight after D&D. Well, best um, of luck. Yeah. And then prep wise, uh, I think I mentioned it last week, but I've prepped uh, session zero and I'm in the middle of prepping session one for our strict saving campaign. Uh, I've been painting a lot of minis as of late. My brother and I painted a number of minis while he was in town, uh, which is a lot of fun to kind of just sit back and paint with him. Um, so I think I, I banged Your out like painting skills are getting pretty good. Yeah, they're actually not too bad. So I painted a few nulls, uh, painted a minotaur, uh, some bandits at night. I painted a mimic, which is pretty cool. Dude, the mimic looks badass. So whenever you come over next time and you see that mimic, it's like top notch quality. Nice. Um, yeah, Can't so wait. that's that's what we did. Cool stuff. So how about you? Oh, man. So I picked up Gears of War 1 and subsequently 2 on Game Pass because I beat Gears of War 1. So nice. Yeah, start to finish that uh, in like two and a half play sessions. I mostly beat it yesterday while I was hanging out. Um, man, did I have kind of a hard time with the final boss until I kind of looked up what I needed to do. And I was like, OK, but it still took me like a dozen tries. I kind of wish that I had been able to play through on multiplayer because they are fun multiplayer games. But I just didn't know where I was going to get like, you know, 12 15 hours to play a game co-op with somebody in a reasonable amount of time you know so whatever uh we also beat telling lies and by we i mean my wife because i was mostly snoozing it's was it any it, good i mean it's not that they're bad like they're definitely interesting i, I just not for me i guess and also like if i'm laying on the couch and it's getting close to sleepy time like that's not a game that's really going to capture and engage me so uh kind of two games down already into the beginning of the year not too bad not too bad i did start on gears of war 2 and i can't remember if i ever actually played it before i'm guessing that i might have but i'm seeing some achievement pop and i think that like if i had played it before those achievements would have popped back on my original 360 and still been a part of my profile so i don't know if i've played gears of war 2 but uh, i'm enjoying it so far uh seeing the upgrade from gears of war 1 uh, it looks a lot better but it handles so much the same i kind of got inspired to go back through these by watching noah coldwell gervais video on the whole series again and yeah uh i don't know if i'm gonna make it through like all of them or even all the way through this one, but it's what I've been playing for now. I'll have to pick up uh, Pikmin from you to borrow, because I assume you've got Pikmin. Yeah, I do. You'll need to bring back my Beyond Two Souls, though. That's your yeah, ticket. I can bring back that and Street Fighter. Yeah. And then, I don't know if I should, should I bum a GameCube from you? Or, I mean, I have two Wiis. It's up to you, however you want to play it. I mean, I've got like five GameCubes, so it's not. Do you need be one like, that needs to be tested? Uh, no, they're all working. But um, I mean, you can play it on the Wii. I mean, the Wii yeah. works just as fine. You just have to have a Wii controller to be able to get to the GameCube menu. Yeah, I need a GameCube controller to play, though. OK, I have like 30. OK, perfect. Yeah. 
they actually deal. actually they're by my my goodwill too they have like some mad cats versions for like three bucks oh nice i yeah, used to so. like the little mini mad cats game yeah, they, they wireless have controller yeah they've got one at my local goodwill here nice so if you're interested i can i can pick one up for you like they've been there for three or four days like that's something that not everybody's just clamoring to go pick up a mad cats gamecube controller yeah for sure so okay i'll check that out when i go there next time probably tomorrow yeah, if you if you're there send me a picture of it Okay, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about because I like that one too. Um, out of all the GameCube controllers that are third party, that little mini Madcast is probably yeah. my favorite. So I'll, um, I will check when I'm there tomorrow because usually they bring stuff out on Mondays. Um, I will see. I don't think I still have mine. I'll okay. have to look. Remind yeah, me after the podcast. Regardless, I'll, I'll grab you one if they have it. Cool. Cool. And um, let's see. I don't think we noted out a discussion topic this week. You know, I thought you sent me a text about something and then I didn't see it, but I have a good discussion topic. Okay. And then we can do my uh, weekly one piece uh, discussion. Oh, yeah. As yeah. Well, well yeah. no, we can't. You're ahead of me now. Oh, I am. Uh, how far ahead of you am I? I'm st- I haven't made any progress since what? Like, when did you stop, though? When they were uh, working on making the second cake for Big Mom. Okay, so we could talk up to that point really quick. Mm-hmm. So as they start making the big cake, I I like... Did you ever get the Katakuri? No? No. Okay, damn. Okay, well, either way, um, best fight ever. Like, I think it beats the Doflamingo fight, hands down. Yeah. Like, it was phenomenal. Although the Doflamingo fight's very good. Um, so as far as it's concerned, since we, now you got to catch up, damn it. Um, I finished you're, you're all... exactly where Zach has been and I haven't gotten any closer because he's been asking me either. So don't well, expect much progress from me. So I, I finished whole cake Island obviously, and it was awesome. Uh, you know, I hate big mom. I just don't like that character. She's definitely evil. And the laugh just kind of gets me and the whole concept of like, she ate those, you know, well, everyone. No. Yeah. She ate everyone. Yeah, that's right. You got past that. Um, so that thing kind of is just stupid in my opinion, but the whole like cake situation, like where she's going on a rampage looking for another cake and it's her hunger pangs or anything else like that just drives me insane. At least she only has that like my, 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 my laugh versus a shoo-doo-doo-doo laugh, which drives <laughs> me crazy. Uh, so that that was a little better, at least. You know, the creators kind of had me in mind when they thought about this and future John and watching this anime and saying, eh, you know, he, he probably isn't going to like too crazy of a laugh. So let's go this direction instead. Oh, cares. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Right now, after Whole Cake Island, the thing I'm not liking is that it's a bunch of filler, like the whole reverie thing so far. This isn't spoiling anything for you, by the way. It's like the first four episodes, five episodes I've watched. Um, instead of going to Japanese right away, They've had Voyage 1 and 2 already dubbed, but they're not on Funimation. So I found a website that I can watch the English dub um, and not have to worry about it up to like 9.14. So I'm on like episode 884 and it's just been like, you know, oh, Vivi and her island. And here's where, you know, Luffy helped out Vivi and the Kingdom of Alabasta. And it's just like filler, like just a recap episode. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you know that's something that just drives me insane. Like just why do we have to have like four or five episodes of going through each kingdom that Luffy has helped 
and having all these characters say, oh, hi, you're a friend of Luffy. Here's how he helped me. And then 30 minutes of just like Alabasta and recap, which, by the way, has been recapped three times since that happened. So, like, I don't need a fourth recap. Like, at that point, just don't do the anime for that. Or, like, it's not in a manga. Like, why create a filler episode? Like, I would rather have a random filler episode of just some weird arc that happens than having recap episodes. They Another drive me clip insane. Show. I just hate the clip shows so much. Or like having to see Shanks and Luffy's first interaction of Luffy eating the devil fruit and him going against those like pirate bandits uh, years ago and Shanks losing his arm. I know how Shanks lost his arm. You've showed me five times. I know how Luffy ate his devil fruit because you showed me five times. Like I don't need more clip episodes to continue going through. Clip episodes are cheap though. Oh my God. Yeah, I bet they're cheap. And it's just nuts. Like, I just don't understand, like, why that, why have those in there? Yeah. It, it just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of sucks every time that they do that. Like, luckily, I'm not on a week to week basis where I'm having mm-hmm. to, like, oh, cool, a new episode of One Piece. I'm like, oh, it's a clip episode. Like, oh, I will not be. Not yet. Point. You'll be not there, yet. though. I, I will be. Yeah. Um, I am going to start watching the Japanese, uh, you know, voice acting here in a bit just to kind of keep going um, because I've noticed that they only release like once a month, like 14 episodes. And I'm on the path of, you know, once a month, 150 episodes. So that's just not going to work for me. So I mean, gonna... you'll be able to watch the movies, I guess. Uh, I mean, they're not really like canon per se. They're just kind so, of fun movies to watch. I guess yeah. I could. More One Piece is more One Piece. I guess. Um, that and I may just start reading the manga, to be honest. Yeah, the manga is great. Yeah. And there's a lot and- of extra different stuff in the manga. Like in the back, he has like the SBS where he like answers fan questions and just it's funny. You dig some of that stuff. Yeah, they're anticipating it's going to be done between like 2024 and early 2025, I think. So be pretty cool to kind of keep up with that. And then mm-hmm. I started watching um, Brace Yourself and Don't Fall Over, but I started watching Dragon Ball GT mm. uh, just to get past it. Um, yeah. I know it's not really canon and it sucks, but it's whatever. And then having to hear um, Eric Vale as Trunks and just having watched as many episodes of One Piece and him playing Sanji is just driving me insane. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot do this. Like just listening to his voice, like nothing against Eric Vale. Like I love Eric Vale and I've, met him and everything else and we you know i had him at my con years ago um but going through as many episodes of one piece and hearing him as sanji and now all of a sudden hearing him as trunks i'm like oh my god like i just don't it's just so weird mm-hmm. to sit back and watch back to back like key characters in a in an anime yeah um, so yeah. i've tried watching gt a couple times i've got the dvd set here uh my brother-in-law got it for me years ago for christmas and you know, as much as people are against it, I feel like it kind of feels very like early DBZ, like Dragon Ball, kind of like it's got some of that in there. But then, I mean, it does just kind of like lose me at some point. It definitely isn't like, I, I don't know. It, people have already beat the hell out of GT. I don't I need mean, to add to that pile. Look, when one of your battles is literally like three Richard Simmons aliens making them dance like crazy, that's <laughs> kind of where I was like, yeah, this is just not even worth watching, but I'm going to watch it anyways because, yeah. you know, it kind of keeps me away from One Piece for a little bit. Um, and then Vegito with a mustache is yeah. absolutely stupid. Um, but I did find it funny when I'm like, oh, we have your 
your boy Goku and everything. He's like, Goku, do what you want with him. And I'm like, that's totally a Vegeta thing that he would do. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. Like, I love Dragon Ball. So that's where I'm kind of okay with Kid Goku. Um, but other than that, like, I'm just not really a big fan. Like, they go up against this alien that makes earthquakes with his whiskers. And it turns out he just predicts them. And they clip his whiskers and he gets drunk and he wants to, like, bang girls in the village type of thing like it's just the weirdest thing like it's super odd anime so far and you could totally tell it was like a filler in between like key anime series right now yeah yeah okay what was your topic so discussion topic with the like amount of time that's going into games now and the expectation of you know, future titles like if we're expecting to get Starfield this year and then we'll be getting Elder Scrolls maybe like 2026 or so, maybe 2027 and then the next Fallout. Wait, that's going to be like what, 2032 <laughs> and then we'll get Starfield, you know, in like. 2045 <laughs> like I, I i don't know but the expectation and the amount of time that's going into producing these games now like do you think that these bigger studios that have these really long working processes should like be working with other studios be getting out those licenses so that we can get more content like are we gonna just live on fallout 76 for the next X amount of years or, you know, should Bethesda license out companies to remake fallout one and two and get those out there. You know, you I know. mean, these are just the, with armored core coming in now, like from software, they're kind of a different beast. Like I can't believe the amount of titles that they've put out when you go back and look at kind of the track record, but like, you know, people have been dying for another bloodborne. You know, there's already been a couple games now between like Sekido. Like, are we going to be able to see more in some of these big titles or, you know, are we going to wait decades or longer to get any kind of sequels on some of these kind of games? So I think we're going to be waiting years to get some sequels on a lot of those games because of the time that it takes to develop them. But what I'm OK with is there's so many other developers out there creating similar games. So when you look at the Soul series, for example, yeah, you had Bloodborne, right? But then you've got like Code Vein came out at some point, which is like anime Dark Souls. And then you've got like... Um, Lies of P coming out next year. Lies of P that's coming out. Uh, games like that. Um, Neo, another one, right? Like just different companies creating like similar games that you can enjoy that like souls-esque while it's not the same caliber it's a souls-like game and you can still kind of run through those and enjoy them and that kind of you know helps break up the time between releases like do we want a bloodborne 2 yes have we wanted a demon souls 2 for years yes problem is sony has both those ips under wraps and unless from software or sony is willing to multi-platform those um you know specific ips they likely may never happen uh, to be honest, in my opinion. Um, so I'm okay waiting like in between things like that. And there's so many other games to play. Like if I were to, I still haven't played fallout four, for example. Um, and I have the game of the year edition 
you know, I just haven't played it. So when I do get to playing it, do I want to have Fallout 5 right on its heels? No. Do I well, want to have... Well, you're like a casual with yeah, most I... franchises. Like, there's not a lot of franchises that have you going out day one. But I mean, if you're if you're a like Fallout Sekido. fan and Sekido's. you felt underserved by Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 really wasn't that great, you know, you're waiting from basically like New Vegas until Fallout 5 to get your next fix. Yeah, I get that. Um, but there are other games that have come out. So you had Fallout New Vegas, you had Fallout 4, you had Fallout 76. Like you had several titles that have come out. Yeah, but, um, but that's what I'm saying. Most of those weren't great. Okay, but yeah, I know. But like Sekiro, okay? I love Sekiro. Sekiro is my favorite out of all the Soulsborne games. Do I want another Sekiro? Absolutely. Can I wait? Sure, because there's other games I want to play. I'm not just a one genre of game and done type of situation. Like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, cool. A new platformers come out. I want to play that. Oh, another RPG came out. I want to play that. So there's lots of games that should be able to tide you in between. And if you're like, you know, expecting it to be like Madden or Assassin's Creed, where every year you're getting a new release, it's just honestly, there's a difference between you know, AAA titles like God of War and um, I would even say Starfield or uh, Elder Scrolls than there is of like Assassin's Creed and Maddens and FIFAs and, you know, mm -hmm. Star Wars Battlefronts that seem to come out every few years as well. So, you know, I think there's just something that gamers need to have this expectation that if you're going to be playing a quality series like that or Last of Us or Final Fantasy, you're going to have to expect some time in between the creation of said games to get you that high quality game. And honestly, the wait is worth the while when it's all said and done, oftentimes. Um, but like you said, in the case of like Fallout 4 and Fallout 76, where they're not the best, they're still decent enough to play. They're still decent enough to tide you over until that next, you know, you know, introduction into the game into like Fallout 5. So um, Last of Us, they are doing a HBO show. Yeah. So Fallout is also going to be doing an HBO show. Hasn't that so already been like, done with like every zombie apocalypse thing ever? <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, putting out your content in other ways like that is a good way to hold over or, you know, give some people some other insight into the game world. Um, I just I think I'd like to see these studios like take their IP and see what else can be done with it. Like, yeah. Bethesda, you can make Fallout, you know, five. Nobody's saying that you're not the studio who should make Fallout five, but like definitely give, you know, somebody like Obsidian a chance to make, you know, a Fallout New Mexico or something, <laughs> you know, something right. that's different than New Vegas or something different like New Vegas, you know, or, um, I'm I don't just know. seeing Fallout New Mexico and like meth heads running around everywhere. Like, that's all well, I is. mean, that's not much different than any other Fallout place. I guess the ghouls or whatever. The, uh, the other thing is that I think that some studios like, you know, Nintendo's been super tight fisted, but by letting the Mario rabbits, you know, games come out, those have been good holdovers. Like they made the, uh, Bowser's Fury expansion, but like other than that, we haven't seen a new Mario since Odyssey. Yeah, which really sucks because a lot of people have said, and I think we talked about last week too. Like, 
if you're to release like another Mario Odyssey, does it come out at the end of the Switch life cycle and then it gets ported over to whatever the new console is as well? Well, or I mean, do you just save it to a new console. All the big Zelda titles, like I mean, even Twilight Princess was crossplay. Yeah. I remember because I went over to my friend's house and I didn't realize they were mirrored. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, we're at that point in Switch life cycle too, where you kind of have to have new titles coming or a new console coming out. Like they just had Mortal Shell was ported over to the Switch and it's had like terrible issues with the console. That's like, a just, like three-year-old game too, yeah, at least. Yeah, and it's having issues on the Switch. So that kind of tells you where that console's at. But as far as, you know, back to that discussion topic, like, you know, Blue Point Games is actively doing things like the Demon Souls remake. Um, they did the Shadow of Colossus remake, which is pretty good overall. So I, I think that there is something to say about third-party studios taking on, even if it's just remakes, mm-hmm. you know, and having that contracted out. I think that's fantastic. Um, does it always happen? No. Will it always happen? No. And should it happen? Maybe. But, you know, just back to my original point, I think gamers should just be patient. Just keep yeah. playing. There's, there's tons of games out there, um, you know, to kind of hold you over. You could still enjoy like, you know, Apex Legends, you could still enjoy Apex Legends three years ago to today, you know, and it's the same, like it's, it's always growing and there's always like new things being added to it. Um, I do understand games like God of War, not necessarily going to be that same thing where you can, you know, add to it. But, uh, you know, I, I guess Horizon might be a good example. Horizon's supposed to be adding multiplayer, you know? Yeah. So they're also doing, um, they're doing a multiplayer Last of Us too, aren't they? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't read about that one, but for sure, Horizon is supposed to have multiplayer or already does. I don't know. I haven't really played that one yet, but that is something that tied you over. Um, I mean, Metal Gear Solid just, did it years ago. That too. just came out with its sequel last year, so I mean, that's not that's not too big. Like, I but guess it still this, holds you over. It's a year yeah. later, and they're adding multiplayer. You know, like, and they're getting the VR game. Yep. And so that's an example of different ways the studios can kind of give you a sampling of things until it builds up into the next, you know, game, which I would anticipate horizon will have a sequel, even though I haven't, you know, forbidden West will have a sequel, even though I haven't, you know, played it. Yeah. Um, But I would imagine they're going to have more things tied to that world and build upon it. And, you know, Sony's kind of going that direction anyways, when you consider what they're doing with like uh, destiny, you know, they purchased Bungie um, specifically to have like that multimedia type of, view right uh into gaming and uh expanding into different types of um you know medias with gaming and so i can see them kind of going that direction right like let's kind of hold people over on our first party titles by adding you know i'm just gonna throw it out here like trading card games or collectibles or anything Mm -hmm. along those lines or multiplayer oh god uh so anything like that to kind of hold gamers over until the next version comes out and of course that's where you have your things like remakes of remakes and remasters and all of that so yeah well good chatting yeah now let's get to uh the next big thing and that is google stadia or stadia however you want to pronounce it is shutting down soon so transfer your game saves while you can Uh, this is jay peters at the verge that talked about this one Uh, i actually just shared this on twitter and you know while google is actively going to be uh, giving refunds for software and hardware purchases that are tied to stadia um, i think it's just kind of a red flag right for gamers and that continue to support physical media because stuff like this, not every company is going to take a step back and say, you know what, 
we're going to refund everybody for the hardware they purchased. And we're going to refund everybody for the software that they purchased. And then other developers are going to say, oh, you can move your save transfer data to PC or PS5. Uh, oh, you want to have a free copy of this game that you purchased on Stadia and continue playing it over on uh, you know, PC or PS5? Here it is. Like, here's the code to do so. Um, no, not everyone's going to do that down the road. Yeah. And so I think this should honestly be a warning to gamers everywhere uh, that digital is maybe not the best way to go. And if you want to continue to own your physical media um, and continue uh, to play that down the road, should anything happen from a server perspective or anything along those lines, probably best that you continue to support physical. And I did see another report recently that said that like physical media was um, or digital media outsold physical media by like 75%. But the one thing that wasn't factored in there or, or called out specifically was things like the PlayStation Plus games or the Nintendo games that are given out on a monthly basis because those technically count as purchases. Um, so if you were to go on PlayStation Plus and download your three games for free, uh, those three games uh, technically go into your cart and are technically added as a purchase uh, in your email when you're all said and done um, and are also added as purchases within your overall PlayStation games. So... I do kind of question that statistic on physical media being beat out by digital media that badly. I I think it probably balances out, though, because, like, are they double counting your Game Pass and PS Now subscription services? Because, like, technically, they're not free games. Like, you are paying for those. You just yeah. get access to them. I think they are counting monthly. those as, like, purchase games. I think they are because there's no way that it beats it out that badly. And the other thing to consider is I that, don't know, man. I think it's just honestly like we're just old school in that mentality because I saw I was actually looking up that like thing as you started mentioning it because I had just seen that earlier this week, too. And I just think that maybe it's an older world mentality and we just don't like see through it. Like the amount of people that were there waiting to get Pokemon with me at launch. I mean, it was all people like that were older, like, but there was nobody I, there with their kid, but I those do kids question, probably just downloaded it. Yeah. But how much of that is related to the fact that how pre-orders are done nowadays? And, you know, do you honestly need to go grab a game at midnight to play it? Like, Oh no, this was this was it. like launched in the morning. Like I just think oh. that like kids are going to get those like oh, you pre-order and you get this. Like kids are so instantaneous, they're probably just buying stuff through digital means as opposed to going to the store more often, I would assume, especially because like I mean, when we were kids, we didn't have that option. Like we were born to go to the store because you got that birthday money and you're like okay i've got the money let's go to the store whereas now you get a gift card most of the time probably and then you go on and you just buy it yeah no i get it um the one thing though is like it's not necessarily counting in here used video games either and you gotta no. consider how well many that doesn't count as sales yeah I, I get it yeah it doesn't count as like their sales but you know, a lot of people do wait. They don't buy it digital. They buy physical but used. So mm -hmm. there's things to consider there as far as like, you know, releases. Pokemon was released, I think, on a weekday in the middle of the school year. So odds are when you went to pick it up in the morning, yeah, it's people like us who have the day off and they can go get it. Those kids are coming at four o'clock to get that game. 
you know, like that's the prime time. And that's when I would pick up games mm. that I had. Yeah, that's true. I'd, I'd get them at four o'clock because I had school unless it was summertime or winter break or whatever it may be. I wasn't yeah. picking up my games middle of the day or morning. I didn't even do midnight launches when I was a kid because, well, it was midnight on a weekday oftentimes to go get that game. There was no point. Um, and I wasn't going to play it that night. So I honestly never did a midnight launch. Really? Oh, dude, midnight never. launches were the thing, man. I heard, but it's just not something I was ever interested in. Like, I just didn't see the appeal in going to grab a game at midnight, like literally getting into the door at midnight, not getting home till one o'clock in the morning, only to boot up my game and maybe play for 30 minutes and go to sleep and then play it the next morning. I just didn't see the appeal in that. Like, I'd rather just go in the afternoon, eat my breakfast, go grab my thing, go to the store, shop around, and then go home and play. Like, that to me was more appealing. Um but I mean, to each your own. So overall Stadia, though, um, you know, it's supposed January 18th is the final day. So if you are playing on that, uh, this is your warning that you can move your saves for some games, not all games, uh, over to um, other areas before the servers shut down. And the date is January 18th. Yeah, so so it'll check be, it out. They kind yeah. of highlight Cyberpunk, Destiny, Hitman, Elder Scrolls Online, and Ubisoft games as some yeah. to check out. I mean, it could depend on the individual developer or whatever, but I'm sure you can find out more. If you're still playing on Stadia at this point, I mean, I don't know, man. Figure it out. <laughs> you're you're yeah. on there and interacting with it more than we are. <laughs> yep. I, I do wonder what happens. All the, I don't know if they've already discussed what happens with the first-party studios that they had for Google. Oh, that was gone like before this even happened. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm wondering, like, did they get sold off? I can't remember. Uh, I I don't know, man. I think they just shuttered them. Hmm. I would be because they didn't have any IP or anything to go with them. They had several IPs. I mean, nothing that sold. Nothing that was worth buying. Like you might as well just let that studio close and then hire their employees after the fact. Like that's because the whole thing was a flop. So I mean, yeah. Okay. I don't think there was anything really worth paying for. I mean, there's a few things I had my eye on. I can't remember offhand, but it, you know, it worthwhile for other studios to potentially pick it up. Um, all right. So pay more to play. Why video game prices could rise in 2023. This is uh, Rebecca Valentine of IGN. Uh, so you and I have talked about this in the past. So honestly, probably a couple of years ago, but inflation rates the way they are today, games should honestly be like 90 plus to $100 right now. Uh, And if you look back at old prices for like Super Nintendo games and stuff like they were all different kinds of prices for the games and many Uh of them very expensive. Yeah, I remember paying like 50 something bucks for a game back then. But, you know, when you consider the average price is about 45 bucks, the Super Nintendo is about 145 in today's dollars. It's like 435 for a Super Nintendo game and about 90 bucks. Or I mean, sorry, 435 for Super Nintendo console and about 90 dollars for a game itself. Uh, you know, honestly, when you kind of consider things like microtransactions and loot boxes and all that, that's the reason I think that game prices have been able to stay so low and competitive uh, compared to other forms of media. It's because other people are footing the bill, uh, and paying for all of these like enhancements or games that may not be necessary. So while I am against loot boxes and the whole predatory concept of that, and I am for enhancements to your game if you want to purchase additional things like DLC or like attire, whatever it may be, but it's not gambling. Um, you know, thank you to those people because you have kept game prices as low as they've been for a number of years. Uh, and even in today, when you look at gas prices and food prices and everything else that's tied to it, 
um, and inflation uh, globally, you'd think game prices would be going up right now amongst like chip shortages and, um, you know, manufacturing issues and distribution and everything else tied to it. Like game prices should have gone up more than just 70 bucks, but they've continued to stay at that price point. And there's even titles that are still coming out today that are like $30, like indie games. Now, can we expect those to rise? I would think so. Um, I can't see those staying at 30 bucks. And honestly, I can't even see used games down the road on like Amazon or like discounted games going down below $20 in the future, which there seems to be quite a bit, even on PS5, that are like less than 20 bucks. So I'd be interested to see where, where things kind of progress uh, moving forward. I do anticipate, though, if it's not next year, it'll definitely be the next generation. We'll probably be seeing $80 video games. Yeah. I mean, right now, um, they were saying that with the bump up to $70, that we're probably protected for a little bit from seeing that just because everybody else who hasn't raised their rates yet, like they would be comfortable just sitting at that 70 and you'd be kind of on your own in an $80 island. Uh, but there was a lot of other stuff in this article uh, that I found really interesting that I hadn't thought of exactly. Because like when you hear rising, you know, costs of games like that sucks and nobody wants to give these big giant studios, you know, more money so that it can go straight to the CEO's pocket. Uh, because we know that's where a lot of that profit goes. Mm -hmm. I would say that the thing that I was kind of shocked to see is like, you know what? I never really thought about how competitively you know indie games have to price themselves because like you know that developer might see themselves as like if we charge more than five dollars we're not going to sell enough of our game and it just won't make sense but you know driving up the prices for games does allow those indie developers to charge more and potentially be able to see some much better returns like the difference it could make for an indie studio to be able to charge you know 10 to 20 dollars instead of five to ten dollars would be huge you know that could secure them what they need to make their next title and you know really start up and keep going so i would hope that you know if we do see a rise in games more of it would go towards the actual games and the actual people working on the games which is not how the triple a space works but that kind of trickle down, you know, could see some positives. And I think that with all the free alternatives out there, like if you're going to be buying games, yes, they are a luxury, you know, item. Um, it, it sucks to have to pay more. I don't want to pay more. I don't think anybody wants to. But, you know, it's kind of the reality of it. Things are just getting more expensive. Like I jumped in and I got the Quest 2 before it made the $50 price bump. You know, I got my Xbox Series S already. If that gets a $50 price bump, like, I'm good on that. I've been waiting for the PS5 Slim to come out because usually the Slim model is cheaper and more efficient and, you know, smaller and looks better. So well, hopefully PS5. they get all that stuff down. But, like, is it going to be actually cheaper now? Who knows? Well, it went up on a global basis. Like the U.S. was kind of spared from that, but yeah, the US five did increase in price a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there is that. So you know, as much as I'm not a big fan of digital media uh, with these digital releases, I do think it is helping kind of keep the price of physical games down, though, uh, because they're able to turn, I think, a little more money by having a digital release versus the physical release and the shipping and 
you know, plastics and everything else that are tied to that. And also obviously like having to work with retailers and whatever their cut of the cost is compared to just getting the digital media directly uh, in terms of the revenue that's generated. Um, you know, I do think digital has kind of helped keep things at bay uh, price-wise, but it does bug me at times too. When you see these increases for physical media and then you also see the same increase on digital media. So like a $70 game physically should not cost 70 bucks digitally. Like, yeah, I always think it should be a little lower. And if they're trying to truly get rid of physical media and make it more profitable, that would be an incentive. It would be an incentive, right? Like, Hey, let's make it $55. If you want to purchase or even $60, if you want to purchase this game digitally, but it's $70, if you want it physically, then that would be the real test that would tell everybody like, okay, are people willing to pay this or not? Yeah, I would think so. And honestly, they may start doing that. Who knows? Maybe they do increase to like $80, but it's only for physical media that goes up to 80 bucks. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, right now that isn't so outrageous, I guess, because a lot of the times if you're buying physical, you know, people are wanting more with their physical. So maybe you get rid of standard editions altogether and you just release you know, collectors and special editions and bundles and stuff like that. So like people can still get those big time titles that they want, but maybe you put less, uh, you know, product development into just having shelves full of them and only make as many as you think you're realistically going to sell. And you've got, you know, the mega tier, you've got the one that just comes with the steel book and the one that, you know, comes with the console or whatever. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Time we'll see what will tell. All right. Our next thing here is Final Fantasy VII, the original, is about to become fully voice acted. And it's uh, PC Games N. Uh, and it's Ed Smith. That this is point. bizarre. How so? So Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. has been around for a long ass time. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a release of a mod for PC that's going to be fully voice acted like and are doing it for final fantasy eight and nine as well down the road yeah for me it just seems like that ship has sailed like unless they do it really well which i i mean i'm sure they're going to do the best that they can they said that they got like actual voice talent i didn't see any names or anything uh to be in it or at least train people. It's not just like the people who are doing the mod recording it themselves, because then it probably wouldn't really be very newsworthy because that's probably been attempted before. Yeah. But like for me, I just don't see who this is going to be really for. Like it might make it a novel revisit, but are you going to go back on subsequent playthroughs and, replay it on your pc just so that you can hear the voice pack again like if there was some kid who played final fantasy 7 for the first time on pc with this voice pack could that become like a nostalgic memory for them and be the way they remember final fantasy 7 moving forward maybe but i just I don't think this is going to be a big deal for a lot of people and i'm really wondering like how many people are going to play through the whole game or uh you know really interact with this a lot i mean i kind of think i might want to like i haven't beat final fantasy 9 so 
Final Fantasy IX is one, and I know some people are going to skewer me for saying that, but oh, I haven't either. Well, I mean, you it might be expected, <laughs> <laughs> me not necessarily. Um, so yeah, Final Fantasy IX is one that I didn't get to experience, and if it was voiced, I would probably enjoy that far more, you know, than hearing Zidane and Vivi and all these other characters like with just text, you know. Um, so I think it would be a lot of fun uh, to play it in that way. And I think there's younger kids like, you know, I have a son and eight years from now or whatever, seven years from now, he may be playing some Final Fantasy and maybe he is playing the original seven and he's playing it on PC. And now he gets to experience that for the first time of voice acting, you know, versus when I played it, didn't have it. So I don't think this is necessarily for us. I think it's for the next generation. Um, yeah. Or the prior generations to, well, not, I guess, next generations like Z and whatever else that's out there. Like um, I, ex- I, I expect certain things to have voice acting. Like I was definitely disappointed in the moments of not having any voice acting in Pokemon Violet. Like it's definitely like, man, yeah, that would have been a good moment to have some voice acting in. But looking back at like old titles like that, like I don't expect old RPGs to be voiced. You know, it's just not something that was really done for the most part like i know that there were some like exceptional games that had a ton of voice acting on the ps1 but it's not that it would be off-putting it's just like i it's just why i just yeah i would know i would never go back and do it yeah. i mostly i guess i'm just looking through my own lens in that i get way. it i'm sure there's people who replay final fantasy 7 once a year and this would give them a new reason to go back again so more yeah, power okay. to you I just don't know if it's going to catch on. It's not like it's Square putting forth effort to voice this, right? It's a special team that's gathering people up to do voice work and put it into a mod. Like, And maybe it really is good. Yeah, maybe it does. It'd be one thing if Square was like, we're going to go back and we're going to put voice acting in all of these old games that you have loved and enjoyed for so many years so we can resell it to you. Like, it's totally different. You know, it's just another, it's a group out there that is, modding games on pc and throwing voice acting in uh, so you can enjoy it at your leisure and you know i would imagine they're going to be selling their mod or doing something with it to be able to add it but um i'd rather that than square try to push that versus working on the next final fantasy that's just Mm. my my view on that like i'd rather those developers and i've talked about before i'd rather those developers and studios focus on new ips and continuing to work on things that we've been previewed versus going back and looking at old crap and putting voicing or remastering or redoing all these titles like focus on new stuff um so yeah i'm happy that somebody's doing this because it's going to be there it's going to be available but we can look forward to new games coming from square because somebody else is doing the you know the heavy lifting exactly yeah now talking about a game that um should not exist uh lemmings 3d uh developed by clockwork games it was published by uh cynosis which i think we've done another cynosis game and yeah i, I was thinking that, that so too. bad uh november of 1995 it was a puzzle type game reception was an eight out of ten now i could see why this game would get an eight out of ten what annoys the hell out of me about this game is the user interface in the beginning and really just user interface in general I believe this game, if I'm correct, uh, was a PC game as well. And so I could totally see where DOS, PlayStation, and Saturn. Okay. Well, what the hell's DOS? 
PC. Yeah, like DOS interface. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not super familiar with it. That shows my age, right? It's, yeah, um, it's like before PC. Yeah. There was DOS. Because I think yeah, Lemmings also, is also on Atari as well. I looked up the Cynosis. Yeah. Shadow Master and Discworld. I knew it. Cynosis. Okay, so they did good on Discworld, but Shadow Master, clearly, <laughs> uh, that's where it went downhill. And then Lemmings, of course, I think came after. I don't know. Maybe Shadow Master came. Maybe this is what set them off the edge um, to create Shadow Master. Such a terrible game. All right. So either way, it's a puzzle game. You basically have your little lemmings. It's an iteration on prior lemmings games where this is 3D instead. And you can kind of maneuver around like these different maps. So basically, um, you have uh, stages as you normally would in games like this. And each stage has its own puzzle uh, that you're supposed to help direct your lemmings to do certain things. So some lemmings can uh, skate on like ice areas. They can bounce on targets. They can blow up. They can tell other lemmings to turn left, turn right and do certain things. So the first stage, for example, you have like this, looks like almost a diving board type setup where they continue to go up and up and up. And you have like four different platforms and there's an end goal where lemmings are supposed to bounce and so, or bounce into. And so you direct one lemmings to say, go left, go right, do whatever. And those lemmings will progress and do exactly that. My issue is if I told my lemmings go left, and then I was trying to tell that lemming to change direction of where I wanted things to go, it wouldn't let me do it. And then mm-hmm. also, I don't know if you struggled at first too, but that like the main screen where you have to decide like different options, I didn't realize like, cause there's one bar. Oh, you didn't realize it was play and practice. No, and then you had to no. go to practice and turn the difficulty up there. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. I so was like, like, I'm hitting play but it's all practice. Yeah. And so that's the issue I had. And the issue and the main reason is like you just hear like the lemmings go practice. Yeah. Play. Like that's it. Like that's all you hear. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And like practice was its own thing. And then play was its own thing. And yeah. then you had that difficulty thing. And then you had options. You had memory card. I didn't figure it out. So I went through like three or four practice sessions. And I was figuring out what the hell to do in practice sessions and how to end them. That's what kind of got me. And on the bottom, what's the confusing part it says you're pressing like left and right and trying to figure out the main screen. The bottom has sponsors on a strip. Yeah. And so that's moving on its own. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's like a film reel. Like it's continuing. I'm like, okay, hit X. And then, okay, go back to the main menu. I kept getting stuck in practice mode. Uh, it was just so confusing. So by the time I figured out I got to stage one, my 30 minutes was almost up. But I played enough practice mode to get a feel for the game, right? And what it and what it entails. Um, so I could totally see why this would be like an eight out of 10 type of game. Like it's not terrible by all means. Um, It's lemmings in 3d. It's just not that exciting. Yeah, it really is. At the time, I guess like with the original lemmings puzzles, like maybe, you know, 2d has its barriers. Like there's only so much you can really do. Like I could see how adding 3d, you know, you've got like, turn people and more stuff that you can interact with and you can really make things more elaborate but i mean i only did the first two puzzles three puzzles something like that i did like one of the practice things before i kind of figured out how to turn it up to fun and then actually play the game Mm -hmm. and i wanted to do at least a couple levels but like uh, it's i guess the fun really comes down to learning how to execute on the puzzle and then being able to execute within like the parameters. So 
you know, it doesn't just give you unlimited lemmings. Like you only have so many to work with. So you need to be able to do the solution and keep enough lemmings alive to survive and complete the puzzle. But one stupid thing is like, after you beat the puzzle, you still have to like blow up the lemmings that are still on the screen to end the level. Like it doesn't just end once you meet the goal. Yeah. I know. So I that. didn't realize that at first and the whole, like, the whole screen for this game is very bizarre. So you've got like the screen where all the information is, you know, you're watching the game happen. And then on the right hand side, there's like two columns and uh, like a scroll bar. And you use R1 as basically like right mouse. And you go over and you can like scroll up and down the scroll bar you can click on the buttons there to like rotate the camera like 15 degrees to the right or left or whatever uh you can blow up your lemmings you can pause your lemmings but i don't know that you can like just click on the different lemming icons at the bottom like i think to change between what you're going to activate your lemming to do like you have to use the l2 r2 like i don't really try clicking on them but like there's just like information on the screen that's like there for you to look at and then there's other things that are there as actual interactable icons and it doesn't give you a lot of feedback as to which is which or why so like instead of being able to just like do something your face buttons would like pan left or right or like move in or out the camera and it's like i kind of would have I, I don't know it just seems like a bizarre game uh it seems like a weird adaptation to make from 2d to 3d it's also and... not something that i like on the playstation like i think this this type of game honestly should just stay on pc it's not like worms 3d like worms 3d is really good i like that on like gamecube or something yeah this just it, it wasn't wasn't terrible it just i don't think it belongs on this console yeah and you know i can see where is there a playstation people... mouse i believe there is i don't remember probably i mean maybe there's so many way better with a mouse maybe yeah i think there is actually i don't remember you can look it up real quick. We have Google at our fingertips. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I want to say there is, though. I don't think there's a keyboard, though. But I know, like... Yeah, there is a know. PlayStation mouse. Yeah, I, th I thought so. Um, Yeah, so maybe it is better with a mouse interface, because you do have that kind of point-and-click aspect of it. I, I just... Honestly, I just don't think it belongs on the console, though. Like, unless you're going to sit there with the PlayStation mouse and play, which that's assuming that it's compatible with the lemmings 3d game um i just didn't think it was worth it yeah uh, now i will say uh brass tax wise complete in box 17 bucks peaked at 35 dollars in september of last year well 2021 not 2022 uh and it's at a holding pace right now uh loose will run you nine dollars and eight cents peaked at 1887 in august of 2017 that's also holding in place and then as you said uh abandoned wear so it is free online if you want to play this on like pc um that's the route know, to go honestly like yeah this has got to be so much better like i don't know if there's going to be compatibility issues with like something that old trying to run it on a modern pc but like 
man, I just, there's a reason this game is not worth much. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's like a long box copy. You could probably sell for 30 bucks still right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's a, a, you know, a jewel disc version of this um, or jewel case version, I should say. Uh, but a loose copy running under 10 bucks, you know, here's the deal. Like, is it a terrible, terrible game? Not really. Should it exist on PlayStation one? Probably not. Is it worth like nine bucks? I mean, could be if, if that's you're your... a big fan of lemmings, I mean, puzzles? it's if you like worth checking games. out for 10 bucks. Yeah. I think at, at puzzle games, it's not bad at all. I don't know. You if know. you're, if you're into puzzle games, I'm sure you could get much better puzzle games for 10 bucks yeah, nowadays. But... Yeah, you can, but it's just, you know, if you're looking for another type of puzzle game to play, this might be worth it. Um, I don't know. Like, this was tough for me. Like, I want to say five bucks, but at the same time, like, I don't think, you know, complete in box at 17 bucks. I I don't think it's worth it, to be honest. Definitely inflated, at least. Yeah, I would think inflated in that respect. Um, If you're looking at it from a loose disc perspective, 10 bucks might be okay. If you're just wanting to get that you know, experience. So, yeah. All right. So inflated on complete box inflated. All right. So I think we're doing probably another PlayStation one game, maybe super Nintendo or Nintendo next week. We'll have to look at what we got. Um, and we'll play that through another virtual recording and then D and D on the 22nd and a, an interview actually that we'll be doing. Um, so that's currently scheduled. Not going to say who it is just in case, you know, things change and we got a, you know, get a few things done, but we're hopefully going to be interviewing a uh, voice actor who is in some current gen games, which will be pretty cool. So somebody I met a while back um, and we'll chat with them. Uh, But if not, it'll be a normal scheduled episode at that point. So we'll get it all figured out. Well, this has been episode 217 of the Game of Flavors podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.